This is Simply Meditation, an offering of Center for Self-Care, and your mindful coach, that's me, Mark Balser. Each week at 7.15 p.m. on Wednesday, we have an in-person guided meditation and short teaching at Balance for Life Yoga in Devon, Pennsylvania. Feel free to join us there or listen each week to our intro and guided practice or standalone guided practice. If you'd like to learn more, visit me at www.center4selfcare.com or email me at mark at centerforselfcare.com. Thank you and enjoy. So let's start with a little centering. This space is amazing. It's got great energy. We bring in energy, but you know, it's, it's all over the place. It's up, it's down. And so using this first practice just to, to arrive, to settle into our practice for the night. And so if you like, you might let your eyes close and finding a posture that balances a stability, but also a flexibility. Letting the shoulders be soft, the hands resting gently on your thighs. Feeling the feet on the floor, the back against the chair. Sensing yourself supported in this practice that requires very little effort on your part. Body is stable and the breath is natural. Begin by bringing an awareness to the breath wherever you feel it most prominently. Sensing the belly rising and falling with each breath. Sensing the air as it enters and exits your nostrils. Bringing an intimate attention to this rhythm of breathing. Allowing for distractions, a thought or a sensation, an emotion or a memory. When you notice, just come back to this awareness of the breath. Breathing in and breathing out. Observing the experience. 
as we rest seated in its midst. The breath flows in, the breath flows out. Sharon Salzberg has said, you can only do the practice. You can't make it work. So we sit, letting go of expectations, allowing for the mind to wander and returning again and again to the breath. And as you're ready, you might bring some intention to the breath, breathing more deeply, inhaling, exhaling. Relaxing the mind with each in-breath, relaxing the body with each out-breath. You might find it helpful to count as you breathe in to four, breathing in two, three, four, and out two, three, four. watching as the breath smooths, and balances the body, breathing in, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four. Breath nourishes and settles as we breathe in and out.
Taking a few more cycles of breath. And listening for the sound of the bell to open your eyes. So my friend uh, shared this poem with me, which is the Serenity Prayer, which you may have heard before. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things you can and the wisdom to know the difference. Oh, yeah. So it turns out that there's a second verse to this. Yes. This fella has edited it a, a bit. The second stanza has a real mindfulness element to it of being aware of our experience, allowing it to unfold, but also introducing choice to it. So the serenity of prayer, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a path to peace, taking this world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that the universe will make all things right. If I surrender to its will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life. I love that phrase, reasonably happy. <laughs> it's kind of a spoiler, a surprise, right? <laughs> you weren't looking for reasonably happy. But when we talk about equanimity, which is one of these four immeasurable qualities of the heart that we've been working on this month, a lot of people define it as balance. And you know what trouble we get into when we seek balance. We talk about work-life balance, and this was my experience. You know, As an investor, I would hustle to work, work really, really hard. Time would be to leave. I'd race home, be good dad, be good dad, be good dad. Then they go to sleep. I go right back to work, finish up those things, go to sleep. And there was really no time for myself. And I was trying to optimize and perfect. And that's what we tend to do when we're thinking about balance. This concept of equanimity is a little bit different. It's almost like holding all the things that we have in conversation. Because so many of my clients come to me and they say, what I'm looking to do is compartmentalize. If I can just wall off this part of my experience, the difficult relationship, the job situation that's not working so good, my kid with an illness, as long as I can segregate that, and I see some smiles here, so uh, yeah, and it just, it, it doesn't work. We come up with these systems, we plan these plans, and the only freedom is in letting it all in, experiencing, feeling it which I'd rather not feel in most moments. So this word equanimity has been poorly translated from a couple of words in Sanskrit and Pali. They're uh, upeka. I don't know if you are familiar with upeka, but the translation of that, what it really means is to see with patience. The other word is tatra majahatata, which means to stand in the middle of things. 
and I use that imagery in the practice as well, of sitting in the midst of our experience. Thoughts come up, we're paying attention to our breath, but we're not, we're not that. We're not that thought. We're not that feeling. We're the observer of our experience as it unfolds. And so if we can think of equanimity in that holding several different things, some of them are happy, some of them are sad, been a really big thing in my own journey of recognizing that when somebody asks me how I'm doing, I'm great and terrible at the same time. I'm happy and sad. I'm, I'm joyful and worried and fearful and jealousy. It, all those things are happening as part of our experience. And so that's the, the practice that we'll, we'll work with today. There's two enemies to this concept of equanimity in the Buddhist tradition. The far enemy is enmeshment. One way to kind of approach balance and equanimity is trying to do all things, to do everything. And we end up so attached to the outcomes of our experience that there's no way to win. You know, it's kind of the perfectionist's challenge. But the thing that's maybe a, a little scarier is this idea of the near enemy. So last week we, we talked about the near enemy of joy, triviality. That, you know, like, don't worry, be happy, put on a happy face, that we, we cheapen the value of joy when we pretend that we have it in every moment. The near enemy of equanimity is indifference. Pretending we don't care. Withdrawal, just like <laughs> letting the music stop and all the plates drop to the floor. So there's things that we can, we can look out for. Uh, there's a traditional equanimity practice that we'll work with today. And the phrases that we repeat to ourselves are, may I learn to see the arising and passing of all things with equanimity and balance. And so we bring that to ourself first. And we spend most of our time sending those wishes out to others. We haven't spent a whole lot of time bringing them back to ourselves. With equanimity, we start with ourselves. May I have that, that, that peace. And then we start expanding it to others but then also recognizing that uh, the actions of others, the behaviors of others are, are their choices, not ours. And that helps us avoid that far end, that, that enmeshment that we can, we can get into with, with uh, too much equanimity. The Buddha talked about these uh, eight worldly states. So we're either in a state of gain or loss, pain or pleasure, <laughs> praise and blame, or fame and disrepute. That the Buddha said, like, don't, you know, don't pick your favorites here. Recognize that this is ever-changing. It's impermanent. We don't need to approve or disprove. We just recognize what's happening in our experience, which is really important. I need to give myself care right now because I'm going through a difficult time. Or I'm really killing it, and maybe I need to watch my humility. In, in this situation. Yeah. Well, let's do a longer practice. Uh, this practice of equanimity, this immeasurable quality of the heart. We'll certainly start with the heart. And so finding a posture that supports your attention. Coming back to that experience of the breath and just breathing naturally. Drawing your attention to the breath in the area of the heart. 
Feeling the lungs as they expand with each breath and then empty. And imagine, if you would, that each inhale relaxes the mind and each exhale relaxes the body. The in-breath helps deliver nourishment and oxygen to our body. giving energy to the mind. The exhale releases and relaxes. You might feel the shoulders relaxing, the muscles in the face releasing with each exhale. In-breath relaxes the mind, out-breath relaxes the body. So you sense this breath in the area of your heart. Connect with whatever measure of peace you might find, of stillness. And as we engage in the practice of equanimity, you might come back to this breath when you need it. So inviting some of the joys and sorrows of your own experience into your mind. Perhaps considering the events of the day or the last few weeks. Let yourself feel the passion, let yourself feel the emotion, the energy of what is important to you. Then silently repeat the following phrases. May I learn to see the arising and passing of all things 
with equanimity and balance. As events and experiences, even people, move through your mind, silently repeat. May I learn to see the arising and passing of all things with equanimity and balance. Letting these phrases flow into your heart and reemerge. May I learn to see the arising and passing of all things with equanimity and balance. And gently note what arises for you. And now you might bring to mind a loved one, someone for whom your care and compassion comes easily. Take a moment to let an image of this being form in your mind. Recognize that they, too, hold countless joys and sufferings as part of their experience. And then offer them the same wish that you gave to yourself. May you learn to see the arising and passing of all things with equanimity and balance. May you learn to see the arising and passing of all things with equanimity and balance. Now bringing to mind a new being to include in your experience, a dear friend, a mentor, or perhaps a role model. Notice how you feel as you bring an image of this being to your mind. 
offering them the same wish. May you learn to see the arising and passing of all things with equanimity and balance. And if it feels safe, you might even bring to mind a being with whom you've had difficulty, someone who has challenged you or caused you suffering. Recognizing that if this being was in a state of equanimity, they might not cause you such difficulty. with a vision of them in your mind, inviting them. May you learn to see the arising and passing of all things with equanimity and balance. May you learn to see the arising and passing of all things with equanimity and balance. Your happiness and suffering depend on your actions and not my wishes for you. Your happiness and suffering depend on your actions and not my wishes for you. Once again, coming back to yourself. May I learn to see the arising and passing of all things with equanimity and balance. May I be open and balanced and peaceful.
woman last week. She was telling me about how her entire life had been helping others, fixing and problem solving for other people. And she's probably 70 or so now, and she's working with a Costa Rican guru. So all of her work is done in Spanish. And the Costa Rican guru, she says, no es mi trabajo arreglar. It's not my job to fix it. And it's this woman's mantra. It isn't your job to fix it. And there's something about that equanimity practice that we sit in, in equanimity, but then we also recognize that you know, the actions of those we care about, those that are important to us, those that drive us crazy, that's what really determines their, their experience, their fate. It's not our job to fix. So that's kind of a second layer of how I think about equanimity of, it might mean I don't need to get involved in some of the things that previously I would have, um, and I can let experience unfold. I wanted to close with a poem, and this poem is by William Stafford, and it's called The Way It Is. I think it talks about equanimity in a way. There's a thread you follow. It goes among things that change, but it doesn't change. People wonder about what you are pursuing. You have to explain about the thread. But it is hard for others to see. While you hold it, you can't get lost. Tragedies happen. People get hurt or die. And you suffer and get old. Nothing you can do can stop times unfolding. You don't ever let go of the thread.